One thing that always come out of it is the word family. That the family makes up the home. That simple definition you can bring in father, mother, son, daughter, whatever, right? Related to each other. Let me say family. And then we normally talk about extended family. Is that okay? All right. Then number two, I said, it's a group of individuals, right? So, Glenn, your family is you on the one head and my, my, my sister and then my son. Is that okay? That makes a family. All right. Three. Family is a group of persons of common ancestry. Have a common ancestor. Common ancestry. And that's a, we are one family because we are all one ancestor. And that is God through. Is that okay? So, ordinarily, human being, the God is the head of this family. But that's something we don't know. That's why we fight ourselves. That's why we try to in. We forgot one basic thing that we're just from one ancestor. Okay. Number four. A family is a group of people. A group or a people as deriving phrase. That's another thing. So commonly, this is where people are kind of fragmented. This is a person. Is that okay? This is where the fragmentation is coming from. So one race. So we talk about the Indians, we talk about the Africans, we talk about... Right, okay, fine. Then, but that's a family. Where they find themselves, somebody speaking your language, you want to identify more with that. There is something that... So again, number five. Family is a group of people united by certain conviction or a common affiliation. Fellowship. Church. So again, we'll find out a church is a family. So, Rema... No, good enough is here. Rema Family Church. You see that? You, you, you have one common conviction. You are united by certain convictions or a common affiliation. That's a family. Six. Family is the basic unit in the society traditionally consisting of two parents rearing their children. I'm narrowing it down now. Much motivation, common conviction. Is that okay? Right. You can always say, where do you worship? I worship in Rama Church. You have a conviction. You, you, you identify and you are saying, that's my family. Is that okay? Another word I can actually use for this is the word tribe. And so, when you go back to the Old Testament, you're going to see uh, the 12 tribe of Israel. You see? And all of those 12 tribes, they do not have the same identity. Check the story, or go back to read. You find that they have different characteristics. All of them. We are commonly uh, good at talking about the tribe of Issachar. Who have understanding of the vision of Second Chronicle 12 or whatever. Vision of the times and all that that Israel should go to war. That's the only thing we always remember. But every other tribe have their own unique characteristics. Is that okay? Right. So every tribe have a unique characteristic. That means they have a specific, uh, if I may use the word DNA. And all this stuff. Samuel anointed soul and he was living. The Bible said those that God told. Anytime somebody calls someone, there are people that God also sent across to you. Now, I'm putting those people. Now, if you go out of where you are truly called to go join to another family, as it were, you can function properly. I'll give you a simple illustration. The men of Ezekiel, the Bible made us understand that they were in charge or they were in command. Their brethren were in obedience to whatever they say. Now, if you leave the tribe of Ezekiel to join yourself to the tribe of Judah, you can function there. Because that's a comedy, a community of praise worshippers. It's a tribe of praise. That's what Judah stands for. Is that okay? Now you can't go there and start singing. You don't have the kind of what it takes to do that. 
But you can see what the next season of your community is. You see what I mean? So every tribe or every church has a DNA because that is what constitutes the family. So what I'm trying to say is every family is unique. Is that okay? Right. So anyway, the basic unit in a society traditionally uh, consisting of two parents rearing their children. This is very, very important and that's basically what we're going to be dealing with. Now, if you want to talk about the gain weight, you can find all of the description you need from God. God, the word God. Look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Elohim means God in the ordinary sense. But specifically used in the plural. Thus, especially with the article of the supreme God, occasionally applied by the way of difference or difference to magistrates and sometimes as a superlative, it talks about in God. When you say Elohim. See what I'm trying to say? And that's why the Bible says in the beginning, God said, let us. Get what I'm talking about. So God is a family. You see? And when you begin to... In his fatherhood, God functions as... Basically, you see, Yahweh. But if you want to function as the mother, it becomes the double-breasted one. Hallelujah. Meaning, that's why in the book of Isaiah he says something. He said, can they say even if they, they forget, I will not forget you. Because I'm the double-breasted one. The head of this family. Everything is within him. So if you truly want to find out how family functions, you study God. Is that okay? Praise the living God. I want you to get that. Ties the one. The one that beats your ass or your ass when you go wrong. Is that okay? That is God as a father. So what I'm trying to say, family is describing father, mother, and then children. They are related. That's what the society. Now watch that. This is a unit traditionally, it's a unit within the society. Now that simply means, if we truly want to talk about very good society, we should first of all be talking about very good families. Because society. If a society is going wrong, you don't start pointing fingers at praise. I'm going to mention that. It has not to do with the state. It has not to do with the governments. It has not to do with schools. It's just the failure of families. Praise God. Now, the family has power is greater than the sum unit of its individuals when God gets involved. I want you to get this very important. If you want to have a strong family, God must be involved. God's not be involved. Now let me show you something. Deuteronomy 32 verse number 30. Let me see how far I can go. Quite a lot to talk about. As you want chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock has sold them out and the Lord uh, the Lord has shut them up for their rock is not as our rock. Even our enemies themselves being judges. Man can put it's like saying no enemy can chase you. Except God have given you over. Is that okay? So the strength primarily of the home is with God. The more you as you want is a thousand. That's if therefore they had not forgotten their God, their rock, God the author and defense, it could not possibly have come to pass that a thousand of them should flee before one of their enemies. In other words, they forgot God. 
an enemy to chase you, you simply have forgotten your God. I, I have a, can I call it a conflict? I don't know if it's a conflict now, but Exodus will say, type amen to this. And then the other day, he comes up and say, all oh, the enemies pursuing you, whatever. And then I told him, I said, I have just been enduring. If God said pray for your enemy, that is what you are asked to do. He didn't say pray to kill your enemy. He said pray for your enemies. We have to not only just hear, we got to believe what he said. He will say we should pray for our enemies. Knows that they are going to be there, but he will take care of them. So why, why give me some... I don't need this rubbish when I wake up in the morning to see this kind of nonsense. I don't need it. Praise. So what am I trying to say? No man is going to do anything to you. Like I was telling the one where God says, I will prepare a table before you in the prayer. Who is going to see the table? Who is see the table? If your enemy dies, the thing that God wants to do, I believe he will even stop doing because he wants to do them for the enemies to know that he's actually with you. So they have to be alive to see what God can do. If this man is preparing a table before you, why are you thinking about the enemy? Concentrate on the table. Praise God. So here the word is saying just one enemy of the Israelite is chasing a thousand of them only because they have forgotten their God. So, when a family forgets her God, then trouble looms. The beginning of your problem in any family is when God is forgotten. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 1. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And the verse 12 said, And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. You need to understand that. Ecclesiastes chapter uh, 8, I think, um, sorry, 11 and verse 12. Praise the Lord. I want you to get this because it's very important. One enemy, threefold cord, think about the ratio. Cannot be easily broken. Is that okay? So, what are we looking at here? This is like you have a combination of the father which is the husband, the wife, and the children. If the three of you, the husband, the wife, and the children, are united, then there is no way the enemy can prevail. Practically impossible. Because a three will be easily broken. But an individual, or a single broomstick, or whatever as the case may be, can easily be broken by anybody. So unity in the family is key to overcoming enemies. I was listening to one of these guys that I love and he was saying, I don't teach my children to do money devotion. Think about it. They're in the body house. Do they do money devotion? No, that's, that's, now it's, it's not as if it's bad. I'm not saying it's wrong. But there's a level that the consciousness of God is in them wherever they find themselves. Consciousness, wherever you find yourself. Otherwise, praying without season is what we should be literary. That means nobody is going to have time to eat because you have to pray without season. All right. Look at Proverbs 11, verse 14. And made a statement that I would like us to see. Proverbs 11, verse 14. Okay. Uh, oh. counsel is the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there are what? Safety. I also want you to get it because it's very important. And that means there is no time you say you are tired of hearing. Amen? So, Christians 
untwist the cord, like I say, our families untwist the cord, and then separate trails are easily broken. No, no, no. You can see, Jesus was applying this principle. For instance, in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, chapter 10, verse 1, he will send the disciples two by two and say, And this thing the Lord appointed the seventy and send them two and two before his face into every city and place without ever unity, strength. Praise the living God. All right. Let's begin to see um, what we're going to find. For instance, let's look at Colossians. I'm trying to define all of this in a simple, simple definition. I've not started really dealing with what I have to do with. Let's look at 20. Colossians 2 verse 20. Okay, let's first of all look at 19. 19 then 20. Okay, go back to 18. Let's read 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding to those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, that verse 19 says, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bounds having nourishment ministered and knit together, increased with the increase of God. This is the key. Knitting together. Praise the Lord. Knitting together is key and is very vital. So here again we see the power of unity in the Father. This time bound up by the head of the family. The Father being the source. In this case, that okay? With the head of the church. And all of us are needed together. So that becomes one of the primary reasons. As we're going to progress, you find something that the Bible made us to understand. A wise woman build her house. But the knitting together is basically it's called. You must avoid that. And it's the role of the father. And like I said, we're going to progress, we'll find something there. Because you see, for the young ones who are thinking of getting married, I was speaking to them over there, and I made mention of that to some of these young ones. A lot of you pray, God, I need a man. God, give me a man. You don't need a man. What you need is a husband. Is that okay? Oh, you're a young man. Say, God, you know, somebody once says, I is a woman. I said, I don't have a woman. I have a wife. Bible says he that finds a wife. He didn't say he that finds a woman. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtain favor of the Lord. Is that okay? Come on, am I talking here? Is it? Women is just like wife, woman. Is that okay? Adam called her woman. Is she? Right? And for the man, you are a man, you are a father, you are a husband. Three ministries that you must function in. By, you are a husband to your wife, but a father to the family. Is that okay? Are you getting what I'm talking about? You can't be, you are not a husband to your, to your children. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Did you not understand this? There's a big difference between being a husband, a father, and a man. The man is a source you provide. A father, you nourish, you produce, you bring forth. Is that okay? A husband, you love your wife. There are three dimensions of lifestyle. You have to understand this. So that you know when to act as a husband and to whom you should act as a husband. You're not going to be acting like a husband to your children. You're a husband to your wife, period. Am I correct? Then when it comes to your children, you are a father. Huh? Then for the whole family, 
You are a man. What is a man? The man provides. Praise God. And that's the way it works. I need a woman. You don't need a woman. You need a man. I mean a, a wife. I'm going to show you as we move on. Now the content of the family. Provide each member with some of the things that each family is supposed to. The needs. The needs for each member of a family. Is what I mean by the content of a family. Now the content of the family is this. It provides each member with spiritual, physical, social, and emotional nurturing. I don't have time. We could break all of this thing down. It could take us a whole section of the individual. Is that okay? Every family must meet the spiritual need of the members of that family. Very, very important. Otherwise, you will lose your children to somebody else who could provide their spiritual need. It's so serious. Then the physical need we know taking care of them is not that that's Come on, then everybody does. Is that okay? The must come from the family. Every family, every member of a family, consciously, they may not voice it, may not say it, but these are the needs that each member of a family is in need of. Physical need, and then what? Social need. It's so vitally important. And then the emotional nurturing. You nurture children emotionally. Because fathers must come to the place where their children can trust them. As a father, your children, you must come to the place where your children can trust you to tell you the deepest secret of their life. That's the role of a father. Father, but no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You could trust because you see, as I'm going to show you, the father confesses the sins of the family. So how would they confess the sins of the family if they don't know what the sins are? You see what I'm saying? Because the father is a priest, primarily. Anyway, let me not jump the gun. Let's move on. Is that okay? <laughs> so you find that these are the things that the family makes up the ingredient or whatever the family can be. Uh, so, what have I got to say here now? Look at the Hebrews 12 verse 5. Hebrews 12 verse 5. The Bible says, You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto us as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom what he receiveth. Verse 7 says, And if ye endure chastening, God deliver with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? So, the word Eshadai. When you're saying Eshadai, you're talking about one that can sustain. Female side of God, the Eshadai, who can sustain. Praise Father, discipline the children, not the states. I'm trying to say, uh, just like you can read Proverbs chapter 14, verse um, 13, verse 24. He uh, said, He that spirit that loved his son, chastened him the times. You see? That is a Again, we must understand it's not necessarily carrying the big whip all the time. Because there is a way you talk to your children. The world is a rod. As the, the rod spoils the child, it's not necessarily talking about if you don't have koboko to whip you. I don't flog often, though I, I flog maybe once in a while. And my children know if, if it gets to the point of flogging, they know this one is beyond limits. <laughs> 
Praise God. I didn't see people like Dangote going to church to say which is pursuing them. They are thinking about their businesses. They wouldn't have anything to do. They are only thinking which is pursuing us. Crazy way of thinking. Huh? That yeah, from let me mention them here, it doesn't really matter. Um, from Abaroto, we know that family. Huh? You know the family? Why can't witches kill them? From Abaroto there. These guys are doing well. Nobody in the family is not at the top financially. Why is it that it's only your family that witches are coming from? What's your problem? God. Hallelujah. Oh no, your father, your mother, that may be well with you and the dad may live long. It is a simple thing. For children, you don't need all those long prayers. God preserve my life. He's already preserved it by giving you a promise. He asks you to do. And that simply is obedience. We have to understand something. Obedience is the outward behavior of doing a thing. Mission reflects on an attitude and a condition of the heart. So pure obedience is the fruit of submissive spirit. Let me explain again. Obedience is the outward behavior of doing a thing. But submission is a reflection on an attitude. It's a condition of the heart. So we find that pure obedience is the fruit of a submissive spirit. Is that alright? Now Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandment. Or obey my words. This is part of the ways of Jesus through Paul. If you love me, obey my words. So if you obey the words of Jesus, you'll do what he asks you to do. Whatever you are doing is submitting to what he said. Is that okay? Praise the living God. Let me show you the power of fathers. Genesis 49 verse 3. Genesis 43, I mean 49 verse 3. Now this is Jacob. No, verse 3. Yes, you're right. This is Jacob blessing his children. Let me say this. And this is very important. You to produce. Why am I saying what I'm saying? We call the children of... Change his name from Jacob to Israel. Then he had 12 children. That's why you call it the 12 tribes. Jacob. Because Jacob was the... I don't want to use the word a thief, but you know what I'm trying to say. He was a swindler. He was a crafty man. Crafty man to become Israel. And then he gave birth to 12 children. Then we had a tribe. Understand that? So, but the truth is a lot of you don't even know God have really changed your name. God spoke to Abraham. So I'm going to give you a new name, come out of your father's house and whatever. Remember that? And then make him father of many nations. And what happened? Then what? Abraham. He changed his name. Right? And that is where people get confused and they begin to teach sometimes that the Muslim people that are troubling the Christians, these Ishmaelites troubling Isaac. No. Abraham never had only son and offer him to me. He didn't say choose out of the two. Abraham never had two children. He had one child, and that is Isaac. Then somebody asks him, what about Ishmael? Now, Ishmael was the son of Abraham. Then Isaac was the son of Abraham. These are two different people. So you are not who you used to be. That's why the Bible says, he that is in Christ is what? He's a new creature. But we don't know. 
So you still be thinking about your generational causes when you ought to be identified with your new nature. That's the problem with Christianity today. They don't know who they are yet, so they can't even bring out the blessings that God has for them. So, hear this. Reuben, thou art my firstborn. Who is speaking now? Jacob or Israel? What is it? And I'm, no, this is this how to do it. Now, you watch that. Thou art my firstborn and my might and the beginning of my strength and the excellency of dignity and the excellent of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. That's a cause. Am I correct? Okay, because thou went up to the father's bed, that the father's thou in, he went up to my couch. Praise. We find that Reuben was caused, in quote, by the father. Am I correct? Okay, go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 6. Look at what Moses is saying. Moses is the spiritual father of the nation. Jacob was the biological father of Reuben. Here is what the spiritual father says. Let Reuben live and not die. And let not his men be what? Be few. That means the spiritual father reverse the causes of the biological fathers. So who your father is so important. All from your father changes the whole of your destiny. I'm trying to make you see how powerful the way you identify with what he says over your life is so crucial. And a word from your spiritual father can nullify every biological cause that's upon your life. Every, not some, every. Because the spirit rules the natural. So if your natural father plays the cause on you, your spiritual father can nullify that cause. This is now that's why you say when you when your children, you can just speak words over their lives. I'm talking of the family. As a father, you can just speak words over your life. You can just speak words over your children. I mean, in that context, as I'm going to progress, you find that even you, the wife, you submit to the headship that he should bless you. Abraham have to bless Sarah. <laughs> you have to understand some of this. Because when it comes to family, even the wife is like a child to the man. You don't have two heads as the rest of the people. So a woman that does not submit to the blessing of the man cannot excel. Is that okay? All of us have heard, I see how they take with me. I can, I can say it's a public thing. We not don't understand that. You see what I'm saying? If you agree to marry a man, submit. <laughs> it's five submit is the scripture that said that. Husband love, wife submit, children obey. Three words. That's a family. You don't need all of these deliverance and whatever we look for. Devil is killing you. This one is doing children here. It's not correct. <laughs> we have just three words in the Bible. Efficient. Three words that sum up what a home should be. Huh? Husband love. Wife, do what? Submit. Children, obey. Slaves, obey. Finish. That's three words. Praise the Lord. So, I want to look at the few times we see I've left now. The vocation of the primary calling of every man is that of a husband and father in the families. The primary calling. Listen, I want to say this. You may be a pastor. 
you may be a dicky, whatever you are supposed to be. Those are secondary to your primary calling. Your primary calling. See, God, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. It is I'm going to make you a prophet or anything. But in Genesis 20, he called him a prophet. How many of you understand that? So the primary assignment of Abraham was to be what? A father of many nations. Your calling, great, is fatherhood. Not pastor. <laughs> we got together. You understand what I'm saying? That's your primary calling, primary assignment, father. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. But when you get to Genesis 20, what did God call Abraham? A prophet. You see what I'm saying? Right. So here we go. The husband and father is the shepherd of the family. A shepherd does what? Guides and tends the sheep. For example, Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord has said out Abraham. You can get that? Not Abraham. He said to Abraham, Get thee out of the country and of the kindred and from the father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And that shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and cause him that cause thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He is to be a blessing. And other nations will be blessed through him. Every child needs a father. And of course, a mother. Is that okay? So now, this is the point. Fathers carries the authority. Father's role is to pass on the fullness of the covenant blessing from one generation to another generation. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. This is the primary role of fathers. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth the power to get it, that he may establish his covenant which is swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. God does not make covenant with women. He doesn't make covenant with children. He make covenant with fathers. The true fathers, the covenant is released to the children. Israel was to receive the blessing from the Lord based on the covenant God made with their fathers. God doesn't make covenant with women. He doesn't Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Now, this is, this is, this a lot of people get confused. They also think that we are in covenant with God. Have you heard that? You say, we, we, you know. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? You see, my son is not here. I mean, you understand that? Both of you are in marriage covenant relationship. Your son have nothing to do with that covenant. Everything both of you will bring forth. We are heirs of Abraham, then he gave back to us. Who told you I have a covenant with God? You don't have any covenant. You are supposed to benefit from the covenant of Abraham who is your father that he had with God. Does it make sense? Galatians 3 tells us that. Am I correct? Galatians 3. Put it on the board. Galatians 3. Look, look at the last two verses. Galatians 3. Last two verses there. So here we go. If you can find it. The book of Galatians chapter 3. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither born nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus, verse 29. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. 
You are heirs. You don't have a covenant with God. It's Abraham that had a covenant with God, but you are heirs of that covenant. And as an heir, what are you supposed to do? Inherit what belongs to your father. That's why you struggle. You struggle. Is that okay? I want you to look at that. For it is he that giveth the power to get away. That he may establish the purpose. The reason why you are unto your father. not unto you. So your word is a product of the covenant your father entered with who? With God. Praise the Lord. That is why you should bless your children. That's what I'm saying. Because the power to make increase. The power to make your children worthy. Is in you. Is that okay? You should bless them. And that is why if you, if you truly in this ministry, for instance, you submitting order a pastor, maybe you, you have to allow the pastor to do what he was called to do. Like we find the case of Moses blessing the children of Israel. Pastors are supposed to bless the people. You are not called to curse the people. Is that okay? I was speaking to somebody. He was getting angry with the member of the church, saying all manner of things. As a question, what was the illustration that Jesus gave about the Lord's sheep? The, the, the one that left the, 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 the rest of the 99 and went for. I mean, that sheep could be stupid, stupid. You know, he left fellowshipping with the rest of the people. He went down, get crazy. But the shepherd left the 99 to look for only one that is missing. That one is even the most stupid anything you can imagine. But yeah, that's the one that, that I told the guy, I said, now, if this guy is not behaving well, he qualifies. Stupid fellow in the church is one that qualifies for our attention. And that's what the Bible teaches. That's what I'm talking about. Praise God. So now, this is the point. The devil devalues the man. Removes his headship in order to stop the flow of the blessing reaching the family. This is why Eve once the devil messed Eve up, it devalued Adam and the whole system collapsed. Are you getting the picture now? Because the blessing flows from the man. So the devil targets the woman to make sure he devalues the man so that the blessing does not flow. That is why women are easily angry with their husbands. The target is to ensure the blessing doesn't flow. So that even if it's blessing you, it wants to flow because in your heart, <laughs> praise the living God, in your heart of heart, you know that this man, no, 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 no. So there's nothing he's going to do. The excess is just to make sure the blessing doesn't flow down. You see? That's why we're having problems inside people. The speechless of your husband. Oh, he's handling the phone too much. Oh, he's... He, minor things that doesn't require anything. You strengthen them. Listen, friends. You're just walking towards the head. The blessing starts flowing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that's the difference between blessing and struggling to be a survivor. You know, you, a lot of us struggle to survive. You are blessed. You don't struggle to survive. It just flows naturally. It is check the word power. The power is actually containing the blessing. The kind of wells that Jacob spoke to Isaac and then uh, uh, the brother. Huh? The parents he spoke to them. One, you're going to struggle with your hand. The other one is going, everything is going to, your, you will say your, your brethren will obey you and all of that. You understand that? That's a big difference. So, you live just working smoothly when you live under blessing. 
But if you're not living under Abraham, I'm saying that the Father carries a covenant that makes you prosperous. Whether you are happen to uh, the daughter of Saul that he gave to David. When David was dancing and danced naked before the ark. How many of you remember that? And this woman described David in her heart through the window as a margin. Remember that? And the Bible made us on. She was the only, and she is, not even was, the only woman recorded to be barren in the Bible. That happened because she despised the husband in her heart. That's part of it. The blessing cannot flow. We were caught short because of the attitude of the woman. Praise the living God. So, when the man is not received, as it were, this stops the flow of the blessing. We must understand that there is a blessing that works in a family and also struggling to survive. We must know the difference. This is why women look down on their husbands. When the Bible says he is the head of the woman, that makes him automatically the head or the shepherd of the family. He cannot leave the dance road to play that of the woman. That would be chaos. Hmm? He already told us what was supposed to be. Is the head of the family. Covenant with God to cause the family to do what? To prosper. Five minutes more or something like that. Okay. Uh, five. And then Exodus chapter 12. One to uh, 11. Then to 13. Let me even leave it there. Just read, read the Exodus 12, 1 to 13, and Job chapter 1, 4 to 5. Maybe we'll read Job chapter 1, 4 to 5, so that I can speak on that in the next few minutes. Man, no, I'm saying we just read from verse 4. We know all of those guys about in verse 4. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, or in their houses, yes. Uh, everyone is there. And that's in the home, should be the one to kill the lamb. Did you get that? So only the priest is qualified to kill the lamb. So every father is a priest. Fortunate thing we find today is a lot of fathers have turned it around that their wives are now functioning as a priest in the home. Wrong. It's not as if God doesn't answer that. But you see, you'll be struggling to receive the blessing from your wife. Because there is a natural, what I would call, I don't want to use the word pride, in every man. God plays it there. Every man, no matter how small, even that boy and I will say, we tell you, don't you know me, man? God plays it there. Every man has an ego. So tell me how you're going to allow your wife to lay hands on your head. That's a problem. But you see, some women are better than men. But that is because we're not trying to reverse the process and that's why things seemingly are not working the way they ought to work. You understand what I'm saying here? So if you look at Job, you look at Exodus, you find that the primary role again of the father is that of what? A priest. So I'm going to read some things that a priest does and we'll close for tonight. Am I helping anybody? First thing the dad as a priest spoke for the people. You speak for the people. You speak on behalf of the family. You can speak on behalf of your children. As a priest. Anytime the priest goes to the most holy place, he takes the whole family of Israel before God. I mean, if you understand that. Very good. So the father takes the family before God. He speaks on behalf of the family. Primary role as a priest. Number this is I confess the family sins. Your children should be able to trust you to the extent of confessing every form of sin they have committed. But you must be patient to hear with an understanding. This is critical. 
A lot of children find it difficult to approach their father as compared to approaching their mother. Why? If your child can't confound you, you've already started failing as a priest. Because only the priest offers the lamb. And that is, look at what Job was doing. He will confess the sins of the children. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And that's because he knew about the sins of the children. So whether they be girls or boys, they should be able to talk to you. You must live with your children to the point that even if your, if your girl is about going out with the boy, he should be able to tell you, a boy spoke to me. That is the level it is. If we truly want to follow the scripture, that's the way it is. If your girl get pregnant callously, he should be able to tell you, Dad, I'm sorry, I'm pregnant. But that's a difficult thing. But the point is this. The father is the only one qualified to confess the sins of the family. So how would they confess the sins where they don't know about it? So you must live your life to the point that your wife will trust you, your children will trust you. Whether they be male or female. Church members should be able to trust you. To tell you the most deadly things that they can't even tell their parents. Because you have a father to them in the house. You see what I'm saying? Are we together? This building, how to build a strong family is what I'm showing us now. Three. He is to forgive and absorb sins. We should be able to lead our families to repentance and able to forgive sins. Is that okay? Okay. All right. Uh, I don't have time to read of this. But remember John 20, 23? Jesus said, Whosoever sins... You remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever's uh, sins you retain, they are retained unto them. To remit means to grant forgiveness for a fault, offense, or injury. It means to forgive, to excuse, or to pardon. To retain means to harm or to maintain one's possession, to keep, to hold, to reserve. So the Bible says, with basically, those who sins are retained has to do with those. If you preach to them and they don't receive the word preached to them, their sins are retained. So when a woman or the children don't receive the instruction of the father, it's like saying their things are what? Retained. But when one can obedience to what the father says, the father can act and their sins can be forgiven. Whatever it is. Okay. Number four, intercession in prayers. You can look at 1 Samuel chapter 12 verse 23. Intercession in prayers, the role of the father as a prayer. As for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in season to pray for you. But I will teach you the good way and the right way. Samuel was speaking. He says, sin if I don't pray. Israel as a father. So we have to pray over and intercede for our children. Number five. The father speaks the blessing. God is moved to action when the father speaks the blessing over the family. Let's write this thing down so that we can shut down for tonight. Number six. Father blesses the bread and pours the wine of communion. This also in relation to blessing. But the bread and the wine celebrate the life crucifixion of Jesus Christ. You know that. The number seven, Ezekiel 44, verse 30. Uh, you'll be able to see that. And it says, And the first fruit of all, the first fruit of all things, and every oblation of all, of every sort of your oblation shall be the priest. Belongs to the priest. What? The blessing to rest in thy house. He didn't say that he will bless you. He will cause 
the blessing. He will cause the blessing. That thing that God dropped in Abraham, that covenant that he dropped in Abraham, he will cause it to come to you. He will make that blessing available. Is that okay? To you. That's what he said there. I want you to take this to heart. Uh, we can go further. I'll, I'll, I'll touch a little bit of Sometimes we as men, we don't know how much expectation our wives have. Sometimes we, we have a little video that somebody sent to me from Canada. I was watching it very shortly. Very powerful. And then he was talking about couples who are spending some time together. And then they try. He doesn't listen to me when I say some things. What I mean is, if I try to say, let's do that moment, you don't even need to quarrel about it. All you need to do is to go to God in prayers. Telling Abraham, let's send Ishmael and the mother away. And Abraham said, no, I won't do that. I'm going to provide for the boy. Send the boy and the mother away. Uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Sarah was fighting Abraham because Abraham said no. Most women, they get into trouble because they feel the husband did not take the instruction that have been given. No. If you understand that marriage is a triangle, God, the man, that settles your problem. Anytime your man does not respond to what you want, you go to God because he that is joined, I mean, whatever the Lord joined together. Only God joined. So God who is involved in joining makes the third party in the marriage. Husband, wife, and God. So now, the man is not responding. You go complain to the man that joined the two together. And he comes down and solves the problem. You don't need to go out and uh, maybe you go to married counselors. Some of them who are not even married, they want to cancel you. What are you going to tell you about? They don't know how women behave. Or they don't know how men can be so rude sometimes. They have no idea. That's not psychology. Does it make it perfect, man? The best place to get psychology is the world. God bless you. Thank you so much.